0: Right? Yep. Are the sliders up? Not all the way. They were about halfway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seemed a little quiet to me. I could yell. I could use my outdoor voice, but. I've been accused of sounding like I'm yelling at people when I do that. For sure, sure, I'm told. So, okay. (laughs) And the last thing I want anybody to think is I'm yelling at you. Unless I am. (laughs) But I'm not. Hey, I, I'm a, allow me to invite you to listen in on a summary of a conversation, a dialogue between the Holy Spirit and me. Um, this is a conversation that started about two years ago, and uh, that's why it's going to be a summary, because otherwise we'd be here a long time. Uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, uh, by the way, in the same way that God speaks and communicates with all of us. Um, as I was reading the Bible, things would uh, stand out, and I would go, oh, I need to think about that. Sometimes as I was reading other things or listening to, to, to other uh, things, sometimes I listened to books, by the way, uh, as I was listening to other authors, uh, words their ch- words would challenge me. Uh, at other times, it would be another uh, follower of Jesus. They would say something that make a comment that encouraged me. I go, "Oh, I need to keep track of that." Uh, sometimes I would have ideas, impressions that uh, made me go, "Hmm." Uh, one one of my favorite authors is. Uh, is a pastor in Washington, D.C. That'd be a tough town to pastor in, I would think. Uh, his name's Mark Batterson. He he talks about how God's quiet voice echoes through different ways, different means. and We just need to listen for the echo. And so I'm going to share with you some of the echoes. The conversation began with a the statement that somebody else made, uh, but the Holy Spirit was running through those things, the Holy Spirit just kind of tapped me on the back of the head and said, it's kind of like, this is a good thing to listen to. Now, not everybody needs a gibb slap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of us are, more stubborn than others. Uh, And and basically, the the, the statement was this. we, We have a problem in the North American church, Mark. We're stuck in immature prayer patterns. We're stuck in an immature prayer pattern. We seek results when we pray. He went on to say, we expect to receive answers the answers we ask God to give us. We want to be heard. We measure how well our prayer times go by whether or not we feel goosebumps or some other sensation. We, we, it, our worship services are all about feeling entertained. How good was it? You know, did the did the music move? Well, we want to be moved. and okay, I'm telling you what the guy said. We're stuck in an immature prayer pattern. Now, perhaps when as soon as I said that, you're thinking to yourself, well, not me. You gotta be talking about somebody else. If you are, you're in good company, because that's the first thing I thought. Well, not me. Now, depending on who you talk to, that the term for that is denial. Um, you know, that's not me, I don't have that problem. Uh, You might have that problem. Those folks over there might have that problem, but I don't have that problem. My prayer life is fine, fantastic even. Uh, Just ask my prayer partners. They'll tell you I'm a great prayer player. Uh, I can't be stuck. I feel good when I pray. I don't have a problem praying. I can show you a list of all the answers I've received when I pray. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, occurred to me, either that or the Holy Spirit said it. I'm not sure. We, sometimes when you're having these conversations, you don't know exactly who's speaking. Um, but I, one of my favorite author, another one of my favorite authors a guy named E. Stanley Jones. He said uh, when he started to listen to God, he, he had a whole lot more good ideas than he ever had before. So uh, when I had good ideas, I'm pretty sure it was the Holy Spirit. So this is one of my good ideas that We went like this, Mark, you're stuck in an immature prayer pattern when your primary focus focus is on receiving results when you pray. And I look back at all my answers to say, no, I'm not stuck. And all of them were exactly a description of being stuck in an immature prayer pattern. People that hear me pray think I'm doing a great job. I feel good when I pray. I get answers when I pray. Well, isn't that nice? Now, the Holy Spirit didn't say that. That was my side of the conversation. It was me just suddenly realizing, oh, I do, what if there's more to this? Then I read Maxie Dunham, who used to be the president of the school I went to, one of the schools I went to. He said, it's dangerous to pray. In prayer, God meets us where we are, but never leaves us as we are. Well, then I went to my my slash our favorite, the second favorite, you know, if I can't say it's not my problem, you know, I don't have that problem, uh, that a problem doesn't exist, then the, my second favorite thing to do is to just project it and say it's out there. Well, if there is a problem, it's out there in the culture. Every, this, it's society. It's It's out there. It's other churches. It's those other churches. It's not Can't be a Wesleyan problem. I knew better than that. As soon as I said it, Uh, I grew up in the Wesleyan Church. I heard a lot of problems in the Wesleyan Church. Well, it it can't be. It can't. It's got to be in other people, right? Uh, And and then one day I found myself singing. This is another way the Holy Spirit uh, communicates with me. I get songs stuck in my head. Songs I remember from long, long, long times ago. Not the songs I've been listening to, but the songs from long ago. Like, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, not my mother, not my father, not the... Oh no. <laughs> it's me. Here's what brought me to that realization. I was in a conversation with one of my coaches. Uh, some of you know, uh, my side, I have a side gig. I'm a, a coach for leaders. Uh, but I also have a coach. I have several coaches. but one of my coaches was I was in a conversation with them with him and it, as we were talking all of a sudden he goes so mark who are you angry with uh, i was it was i was in, in, in a in an instant instant uh, predicament uh, i was rock stuck between a rock and a hard place because we were in a group coaching situation a group session uh and so I have a whole bunch of my peers around me. Uh, yeah, and so what am I going to do? Well, I remember my mom and dad always told, said, honesty is the best policy, right? So uh, hiding the truth or hiding from it just makes matters worse. I've learned that over the years. Mom and dad are right. So I said, I'm angry with God. He's allowed all these things that that I've been frustrated about and all these things that are that it's happened, and he doesn't seem to be doing a thing to end the chaos that's going on in my life, and I'm mad at God for not fixing stuff. And that's what happened. It just got quiet. Even did something like, mm-hmm. What about you guys? What about you folks? What happens when you don't receive the results you're seeking? How often do you feel driven to pray harder or longer? What do you think about when you're alone with your list of unanswered prayers? How often are you angry or frustrated? Pastors, teachers, other people in the church, other people in general. With God, if I can say it out loud, maybe you can say it silently. We're stuck in an immature prayer pattern. We often view prayer as a task or an action that we perform, something we do. We teach children that it's a way of talking to Jesus and asking God to fulfill our desires. We strive to improve our prayer practices to receive more from God. And that's what I was taught. I, mean, I can't remember being taught anything else. But over the last few years, remember, as I've, this conversation's been going on, I've been listening for the echoes about things. I started hearing other things. I started reading lines and hearing things opposed to my thinking. Oswald Chambers Another one of my favorite authors. If our Heavenly Father knows what we need before we ask, why ask? He says the point of prayer is not to get answers from God. Say what? He says the point of prayer is not to get answers from God. Prayer is perfect and complete oneness with God. If we pray because we want answers, we will get huffed with God. Now, he wrote a long time ago, huffed, that's an old word. It means ticked. Angry. There's some other words that we might use somewhere else, but not in church on Sunday morning. He also said prayer is not getting things from God. That is the most initial stage. Prayer is getting into perfect communion with God. I tell him what I know he knows, so I may get to know it as he does. So he already knows what I need. So why do I come to talk to him about it? Not to tell him my situation, but to learn from him his perspective on my situation. Oh. I began to wonder, what if prayer is more than something we do to get things from God? What if prayer is about creating a space in our lives? What if it's about creating space for us to know Jesus better and to become more like him, to begin to think and to see things from his perspective? What if the primary goal of prayer is for us to connect with Jesus and develop a stronger relationship with him? What if seeking results when I pray misses the point of praying? There are only a few times that we get in the record of Jesus' life where we find the disciples coming to Jesus and saying, teach us something. Um, One of those times, they come to Jesus and They say to him, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now for years until I was in this conversation with the Holy Spirit, I thought oh, this is cool. They've been watching Jesus pray for a while and they want Jesus to teach them to pray like him. And all of a sudden I realized I was Missing half of their request. Their request is teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So I did some research. Come to find out, rabbis in that time would all teach their followers. A specific way or prayer that would set their group off from other groups. So the Pharisees would have their way of praying, and John's disciples had their way of praying. And Jesus' disciples came to him and said, basically, give us a prayer that sets us apart from everybody else. We want to be able to pray so that when we pray, there'll be people who go, Oh, they're with Jesus. So what sets the prayers of Jesus followers apart from the prayers of others? And so here's the answer Jesus gives. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six, verses five through eight, it's not what they were expecting. Jesus says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I'm just going to pause for a moment. Some of them were probably going, but Jesus, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of you giving us a prayer that will help everybody know that we're your your disciples. They're never going to know. To which he will say, That's the point. I'm not giving you a secret code prayer. He goes on to say, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. If you if you read that. In multiple trans, we can't have a hard time figuring out exactly how to translate that into English. The best one I found is idol worshippers. Don't, don't keep on babbling like idol worshippers, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So for in the, in this first answer, beginning of the answer to their question. Give us a prayer that'll set us apart from everybody else. Jesus says, okay, well, first of all, don't be like the hypocrites. They pray to be seen. But my disciples pray in private to be seen by God. Oh. Idol worshipers babble on to get what they want. But my disciples, Jesus says, know God, know that God knows what they need before they ask. Now, one of the reasons I think idol worshipers is a good thing for us. A good translation for that is as we've talked about this before, idol worshippers really don't need statues or temples. Idol worshipers are really any human being. worships or seeks security and comfort from anything or anyone besides God. So, Whenever we're seeking security in something or someone besides God, we're worshiping an idol. Whenever we attempt to control God to gain what we want, we're idol worshipers. So even if we're praying to God in a Church building, and attack onto the end of that prayer in Jesus' name, Amen. Like it's some kind of magic formula that we that we can use to make God do what we ask Him to do in that prayer. We're an idol worshiper. God doesn't owe us anything and we can't make God do anything. What sets the prayers of Jesus' followers apart from the prayers of others? Jesus is teaching us, taught his disciples and teaching us that prayer is primarily relational. It is a relationship with God. It's not transactional. It's not, Jesus is teaching us and it's about knowing God, not about getting stuff from God. Getting answers to, is part of it, but it's a little bit part of it. <laughs> Amen, just let the man read. <laughs> Don't be like those hypocrites. <coughs> maxi dunham again i'm going to great pastor and author he says the giver not the gift is what prayer is all about it's that's it the giver not the gift is what prayer is all about then jesus said pray this way and then the prayer that jesus gives his follower represents how we're to approach and connect with god And yes, there's a place in that prayer where we present our requests to him and give our needs to him. But it's about connecting with him first. And in the middle of it, there's this line that the whole thing hinges on. The whole thing hinges on this line. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I was reading again. A couple more authors, Henry and Richard Black, we write, intercessors seek the mind and heart of God. Intercessors, those are people who pray for others like Jesus does. Intercessors do not set the agenda for their prayers. God does. Without first hearing God speak, you cannot intercede. borrow a phrase from Jesus, I would say you can babble on like an idol worshiper, but you can't intercede because you're setting your own agenda and not listening to God's agenda. Mark Batterson, I mentioned him earlier. Pastor from Washington DC says one of the biggest misconceptions about prayer is that it means outlining our agenda to God as a divine to-do list for him. The true purpose of prayer is to get on into God's presence so he so God can outline his agenda for us. plans of God are only revealed in the presence of God so Jesus gave his followers far more than they asked for which is often the case they asked for a special prayer formula to repeat so that other people would know, ooh, they follow Jesus man, that's impressive they wanted a prayer formula so that when they prayed things prayed with Miracles would happen. And Jesus gave them and us an entirely different purpose for prayer. He, he He gave them a focus on connecting with God to know him, to know God better, to know Jesus better, and to become more like him. So before this conversation began, my prayers were centered around my actions. What am I doing? What can I do to make my prayers? But now I'm learning. I have to unlearn things so that I can learn new things, but I am learning to follow the Holy Spirit's guidance and allowing God to love me deeply. J.D. Walt, again, another one of my favorite authors, He, he put it this way. Prayer is the doorway into Jesus' relationship with his Abba Father, his Father. This prayer is the house of God, which is the house of love, which is the place where miracles happen. So here's the sermon in the sentence. This is what I've learned in this two-year-long conversation with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is about knowing God, not answers. Prayer is about knowing Jesus, not receiving answers, not about receiving results. Let's pray. I'm going to pray this prayer as my own, and I'm going to invite you to join me if if it put it in your own words and pray it for yourself, if it's appropriate. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm here to be reoriented. I'm recalibrated. In the ways of Jesus. receive knowing Jesus deeply and release my limited knowledge about him. I receive your indwelling and surrender my desire to go first. ready for you to lead me. I am sick and tired of taking charge. Amen. Thank you, especially those of you who connected with us online. If you have not already done so, please join the uh, Champions of Hope Facebook group. Use the link in the description. We would appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. For all of us, online and on site, as you go to live as sent ones, may the beauty of Jesus shine in your eyes, may the love of Jesus shine in your actions, may the wisdom of Jesus shine in your words, may the grace of Jesus flow in your heart, because you've spent time with him. go, you are sent.